0: Everybody to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. Um, Irony is when I started this script, I was writing about um, cold temperatures here in Wisconsin. Uh, Early in the week, we even had a few snow flurries. Nothing that really stuck, just kind of blowing around. But uh, it had been windy and chilly uh, all week. Um, Honestly, tonight could not be a more beautiful night. I believe it's still. Uh, If not in the 70s, in the high 60s tonight, a little breezy, but uh, all around beautiful, beautiful Saturday today in Wisconsin. Uh, Supposed to be another beautiful day tomorrow. Um, Friday was nice, and I think it's nice through Wednesday, and then it starts raining and the temperatures dip down. I believe it gets up to like 80 on Tuesday, so we're kind of getting that last kiss of warm weather before the season just comes at us full force and it starts to be cold and brutal and all that stuff that the Midwest is known for. Um, Not much on the sports front today. Um, Tennessee had their, I believe it was their homecoming game against UT Martin. I think it was like 52 to seven at halftime. So, uh, you know, obviously you schedule a a cupcake for that game. Um, Big game. Next week, uh, Kentucky, Uh, I think we go Kentucky, Georgia, and then maybe South Carolina or Missouri, or Missouri then South Carolina either way, but uh, Kentucky and Georgia should be tough, Georgia's going to be tough, I just hope we're not looking past Kentucky, and um, you know, thinking about Georgia. But uh, we look good today, Uh, I mean really the starters only played like the first half, I mean, Why would they, you know, you're up by 50 points, but that was that. We actually looked at going into maybe possibly heading to the uh, Tennessee-Vanderbilt game in Nashville. It's uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and um, tickets actually weren't that bad. um, But I was kind of thinking by the time we found a place to stay, uh, drove, you know, gas, yada, yada, And that if I'm going to do a game, I think, you know, and Kai's going to go with me, I'd rather wait and take it in uh, in Knoxville and get the real experience. Um, You know, that way, or if possibly, maybe I'm getting, putting the cart before the horse, uh, looking into uh, January and maybe splurging and going to do a bowl game somewhere warm, uh, maybe even a college playoff game, but... We'll see, you know, it's week by week. Uh, We don't want to get too excited, and even if we, uh, I mean, obviously we'll probably go to a bowl game. It's just, you know, there's still a lot of football ahead of us. And like I said, Georgia, and even if we see, like, we beat Georgia uh, and we end up in the SEC championship game, that's still you're looking at playing Alabama or Georgia again. And to beat one of those teams twice in one year is, not likely but we'll see uh we'll we'll see how it goes uh maybe if it stays warm uh we'll go see a packers game i think uh before long they'll be giving tickets away to lambo um it was you know i another brutal showing last week uh against uh you know another bad team and uh you don't know whew, what to even think at this point. Uh, you really don't. I don't. What I think we're three and three, which it's it's a it's a long season. I mean, there's still eleven games left. But um, I don't even remember who beat us last. Oh, the Jets. The Jets. The fucking New York Jets kicked the shit out of us last week. Uh, at least we got beat by their starting quarterback. The uh, Redskins or Commanders or whatever they tomorrow are starting uh, Taylor Heineke, which I don't think bodes well for Green Bay because they do terrible against mobile quarterbacks. It doesn't matter what coaching regime is there. Um, the Commanders have a pretty stout running game as well. Uh, I think a bunch of our receivers are hurt again and they're not good to start with. Um, so you know we didn't make any trades yet. There's talk that they were going to try to bring in Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh. Or uh, I know the Panthers traded, was it the Panthers or somebody traded, yeah, traded somebody. And then there's another DJ Moore maybe there or some guy that's pissed off with the Jets that he's not getting playing time and wants to be traded, but not likely. Green Bay doesn't like to spend money. I keep holding my breath that maybe uh, we'll get OBJ, but I don't even think he can play till December after an ACL tear. And it's his second tear, so it's one of those things, if we sign him, he'll play terrible. If someone else signs him, he'll be great, like he was last year. So, uh, you know, and then there's been a lot of talk around here on forums and stuff that possibly this is Rodgers last year, that he's gonna retire, not that he's gonna leave and go somewhere else. But I mean, Favre did the same thing, you know, said he was gonna retire and then left and went to the Jets before going to the Vikings and yada yada. Uh, I haven't. I mean, I don't think Rodgers has played well, but I also think a lot of the parts around him have been bad. Whether you know, one week it's the receivers are bad. Uh, last week it was the offensive line was terrible. Uh, the defense has definitely not played up to what they were billed to be. I mean, they're they've been terrible at best, inconsistent, uh, a lot of stupid penalties. It's you know, it's one of those years where it's like, okay, maybe my Sundays are going to be free and I can just plan to do other things because watching these games is just going to make me miserable. But I digress. Uh, So the other day I was supposed to be uh, working and I was just bored. Uh, You know, I sit here and I start to think of things I want to talk about or just look for interesting articles or whatever. And I guess interesting can be subjective because what I find interesting other people don't. So I just saw this random caption for this article, which if I tell you the caption it'll uh kind of give it away so i'll just tell you about what it was so um it's, it's a story out of oklahoma there were uh, four close friends their names are uh, mark chastain bill chastain these two are brothers mike sparks and alex stevens uh they were last seen leaving their homes on october 9th uh, reportedly riding bicycles uh, they weren't like spandex wearing street bike guys out exercising uh, The men had planned to commit some sort of crime that night, according to uh, another individual who supposedly uh, had been asked to participate in the crime, but um, he declined, uh, wasn't involved, did not go with them. Might have been a very excellent decision that he made that night. Um, The individual did not release the details of what the crime was. They planned either that or the police didn't. It wasn't in the article. just said they had gone out to commit a criminal act Um, so anyways, the four men set out on their bikes that night, uh, pedaling into the dark in Oklahoma and a week goes by and they're not, you know, know, a couple days go by. They're not found. Uh, they're reported missing. Uh, a week goes by and all of a sudden, uh, the men are found shot to death. Their bodies dismembered and they've been thrown into a river. Crazy, right? I mean, I know it's almost Halloween and all. Uh they were reportedly killed in a violent shooting at a scrapyard owned by a man named Joe Kennedy. Um kennedy to only been named a person of interest in the gruesome murders. Um he has a reputation. Uh he's to be known to shoot at trespassers that come into his scrapyard, which I guess if people are always stealing from you. You know, and that's the way you provide I get it. Um, but, anyways, uh, so here comes October seventeenth. Kennedy is reported missing by uh, I might be butchering the name of this town. It's like the Okmulgee Police Chief. Okmulgee is like the city <clears throat> or county. Uh, Police Chief Joe Prentice reports that Kennedy is missing. Um, and even at that time, they the chief did not call Kennedy a suspect. He just simply said he was a person of interest that they really wanted to talk to. So, Tuesday evening, uh, Daytona Beach Shores police arrested Kennedy for uh, allegedly driving a car that was reported stolen in Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, at this time, at the time I was working on script, I haven't been able to find anything more about it. I guess because it's not really a major story. But um, he was in the process of being sent back to Oklahoma for questioning. Um, the police chief, Prentice, uh, said he had worked over 80 murders in his career in law enforcement, said this case involves the highest number of victims and is the most violent he has ever seen. On a random note, uh, and strangely, the men's bikes have not been recovered or there's been no evidence of them found anywhere uh, at this time. So, I don't know, maybe maybe it was a, a bike jacking, not to make light of. Uh, people being murdered, but uh, if more comes out, (laughs) I promise I'll keep you guys updated. Um, I did see in some further research, uh, a report that Joe Kennedy, the scrapyard owner, he actually denied knowing the men or having even crossed paths with them. Um, But I mean, you know, a lot of times criminals lie if in fact he is a criminal or a murderer you know, a lot of times when the husband kills his wife, he's oh, I don't know, she went shopping, or she was out, you know, she left, but, um, so I guess time will tell, um, it, it's kind of interesting if you think about it, though, like a whole shooting, um, and dismemberment kind of comes off more like a drug crime, or some kind of money crime, or whatever, uh, just based on my experience of watching, uh, true crime stuff on TV, and listening to, uh, podcasts, but, um, you know, maybe the scrapyard guy was a Dexter fan and that was why he dismembered the bodies and threw them in water to try to dispose of them. He just, you know, the river, I guess, didn't have enough current to take them far enough away. I have like a hair in my throat. I'm kind of choking <clears> on it. <throat> um, well, since we're on the topic of dismemberment, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Netflix released the uh, Dahmer Show. Um, it. It's actually done really well as, as far as ratings. Um, you know, a lot of people are watching it. A lot of people are talking about it, um, which true crime and uh, serial killers always seems to uh, do well because we're all morbid and kind of obsessed with crime and death. Um, so a, a few weeks, I don't know what, a week or so after my daughter was talking about it, and said her and her friend watched it or whatever. I I watched it, um, I didn't watch it all, I apologize, I started watching it, and I honestly believe I'm in episode two or three, Um, I'll say this, I've been very impressed with the uh, creative aspect of the show, as far as like costume, set design, uh, makeup, wardrobe, those kind of things, like sometimes the unsung things in the show, um, you know, just in seeing some articles and pictures comparing like, like the uh, <clears throat> Dahmer's apartment on the show versus how it looked in real life. It's very impressive. Like there was a lot of um, thought and you know work put into this to make it seem as authentic I think is the word I'm looking for as, as possible. And I, I can always, I always appreciate that. Um, that was one of my things uh, when I was in film school. I was really drawn to like set design and stuff like that and just how you can like take a vision or take something and turn it into you know what you want it to be just using the ins and outs and the little movie magic things you do you know you don't really build an apartment you build like these sets and um, if you watched our uh, faith game documentary on youtube that scott and i talked about in the uh, carrying your love with me episode you kind of get a taste of what That entails, and then kind of see scenes from the movie kind of thrown in there. Um, And and it's it's cool. It's a cool thing, you know, that I got to do and experience. Uh, Obviously, I still don't do it, but, um, anyways, story wise, though, with the whole Dahmer show, um, I personally got bored. Um, You know, and a lot of times when you do like a biopic thing or things that are true to life and they're boring. Um, that usually speaks to the story being true to facts. Usually, if the person isn't overly interesting... I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Dahmer is a very macabre, deranged, disturbing person, terrible story, terrible things he did. But, uh, you know, facts are facts, and sometimes they're not interesting. Sometimes they're just facts. Um, you know, so it, it doesn't have the Hollywood sprinkle on it. Like, if you watch the... Uh, I can't remember what it was called, the Zach Efron, Ted Bundy show Netflix did. It was like a long title. But um, there was facts and stuff in there. And they did, it, you know, true events. They kind of just sprinkled a little Hollywood on it and made it a little more interesting. You know, and Ted Bundy was obviously a way more charismatic person than uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, you know, and when you're dealing with someone who's probably, a, I mean, not that Ted Bundy wasn't sick and gruesome as well. But as deranged and I don't even know the word you would call what you know, the monster like Jeffrey Dahmer is, there's only so much you can uh, add to kind of what is ultimately just a very grim story. And <clears throat> I guess for those of you who don't know or haven't heard the tale of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, um, He's responsible for the murders and dismemberment of seventeen people between nineteen seventy eight and nineteen ninety one. Um, he was also dabbing in cannibalism; uh, would often eat the hearts of his victims, as well as other parts or organs. And, and by eat, uh, he would like prepare them uh, like a meal. Um, he actually towards the I mean the adult part of his journey or madness and destruction and chaos and horrible things he did was, uh, you know, where he was arrested. It was about 40 miles north of here in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, I think for a while he was called the Milwaukee Monster. Um, you know, that was ultimately the playground for his ungodly acts. He was also uh, cited as a necrophiliac, meaning he liked to perform sexual acts on the corpses as well as take pictures and pose with them. Um, the whole thing it, it, its it, its it, its very odd. I—I I don't think there's been many people like him. Thank God, uh, you know. And if ones that have been caught, anyways, but um, he was diagnosed with having borderline personality disorder, and then it—not schizophrenia, but it's it's schizotypal. Personality disorder, which I'll be honest. I had personally never heard of and I thought it was a typo when I was researching it but uh, basically what it entails is um, it, it It's a thought disorder uh, Broken up into parts of like paranoia social anxiety uh, derealization uh, transient psychosis and and unconventional beliefs which when you say all those things that's you know, ultimately what he was if you watch you know and pretty much the way it works is like i guess the symptoms or how it presents itself in a person is um it makes people you know shy that's the social anxiety part kind of shy withdrawn um they have trouble maintaining social connections relationships whether it be with family members friends romantic relationships uh work relationships any kind of there's not any kind of long-term bond they form with people. Um, a lot of it is uh, due to the belief that they feel other people around them harbor negative thoughts and feelings about them. They always feel like somebody's kind of, you know, where the paranoia comes. Somebody's out to get them. Somebody's going to do them wrong. Not ultimately do them physical harm, but uh, more on the emotional side. Um, where they present, you know, with the way the psychosis presents itself. And it's kind of interesting, because the people will have controlling aspects and violent outbursts, but at the same time, they're, emotionally, they're completely vulnerable. Um, yeah, you No, know, it's honestly, and I guess fortunately, it only affects about 3% of the general population. And you ladies are lucky, because it's most often found in men. Um... You know, he was obviously also diagnosed with psychotic disorder as well. Um, You know, and everything I just kind of explained to you and was, you know, all clinically diagnosed, he was actually deemed sane for his trial. Um, You know, and I don't want to go into all the details of his acts just because I don't want to spoil anything for those of you uh, who are going to watch the show and might not be familiar with his story and... I mean, the details, not that I'm opposed to saying odd, macabre, terrible, god-awful things. But, um, you know, eventually he goes to trial. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms in prison, which we were talking about this the other day, how stupid it is. I get rotting away in prison is a probably terrible thing. And it's probably an awful place to be like, you know, you, you see those studies that I'm totally going off subject here in script, but where they say like that, uh, prison and the, the idea of prison or jail or whatever doesn't deter people from committing criminal acts. And I guess I'm the exception to the rule because it's sometimes, you know, there's been times in my life where it, it wasn't the morality of doing the wrong thing. It was the, the idea that the, I guess the potential to land in a locked room or cage with a bunch of other people that are just deranged and could do you like prison just sounds, it it sounds worse than hell. Uh, you know, and that's no place even jail that I would ever want to be. And I think that's always been one of those things at, um, maybe, uh, younger years in my life when there was the option where bad things could have gone to be like, you know, I'm going to sit this one out or I'm not going to go along with that. I'm going to go home or I'm not going to drive this night. I'm going to, you know, whatever it was that maybe was going to, you know, the possible outcome was me ending up even for 24 hours. It's just like not, not for me, you know, I, it's not so, like I said, it's not the right or wrong, which I may, I don't know makes me any better of a person, but. So, yeah, 15 life sentences. Uh, you know, and you think about that too, and you have to pay to keep people alive in prisons and ultimately, you know, electricity, food, water, whatever, uh, which I'd be opposed. I wouldn't have a problem if they didn't feed them or let them have water, but then I guess the working conditions in those places would be god awful if they aren't already. A year later, uh, he was given a 16th life term, so it went from your never getting out of prison to your never ever getting out of prison. Um, He would never serve many years because three years later, he was killed by a fellow inmate at the Columbia Correctional Institute in Portage, Wisconsin, which, for some reason, I was thinking he was sent to prison in another state, but I guess it was here. Um, You know... And it, it's kind of crazy because when you have somebody like that, I guess there's always the the part of me that's like the why, the how, you know, how do you become so messed up? You know, maybe it's genetic, maybe it's just, you know, chemical imbalance or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of conflicting stories uh, about his formative years and childhood, kind of making it hard to see where where and how it all went wrong, Um his mother, however, was uh, said to have suffered from uh, mental health herself, uh, depression. Uh, she was known a known hypochondriac. She had attempted suicide at one point uh, through overdosing on like some form of tranquilizer. Uh, most reports say that, um, you know, I guess people who do biographies only said Jeffrey did not get a lot of attention at home. Um, Due to his mother's issue, his father traveled a lot. He was, I believe, was some form of scientist, and he studied a lot. Was gone a lot, um, and traveled. There was a lot of tension between his parents. Uh, he also had a younger brother, David, who I assume changed his name and is just out there in the world. I mean, obviously disappeared. Um, early in his younger years, Dahmer was said to had an interest in dead animals. As far as dissecting them, um, his father kind of embraced his curiosity. I think it might have been a scientist in him. Uh, and at times even kind of encouraged him and <clears throat> did things with him without maybe maybe being blinded by wanting his son to follow the path he was on and not seeing, you know, what was, re- it, it's hard. I mean, I guess with anyone, it's children, you never really see you know, maybe the bad, because you always want to see the good. Um, But Dahmer would even do things like soak chicken bones in bleach. Um, He'd use skulls as decorations on these little affixed crucifixes he would make and such. Um, You know, he was an outcast in high school, which this is about the time in his life where he realized he was gay. Um, He hid his his homosexuality from his parents. I think he eventually learned, what it said is he eventually learned how to better fit in in high school, kind of by just being kind of outrageous and, and a class clown. Um, he's was often, you know, in interviews, people that went to school and said he performed silly antics for money, which he then used to purchase alcohol. Uh, he drank excessively all through his high school years. I mean, we're talking in school, um, you know, drunk, just A mess everywhere he went. He graduated high school in 1978. He actually committed his first murder three weeks later. In 1979, at his father's urging, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer actually joined the army. He would eventually be trained and served as a battlefield medic, believe it or not. Um, Irony there, I guess. But he was deemed unsuitable for military service. in March of 1981, uh, he actually did get an honorable discharge uh, because his he was ultimately discharged because of his drinking and his inability to kind of get a handle on it. But uh, his superiors did not believe at that time that his drinking and his behavior would affect his civilian life, and that he could probably transition to be just a normal person who just had an alcohol problem, I guess. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting because like, you know, if you, as you watch the sh- I'm sure the show will show you and just on how his story goes that it's kind of like time and time again, um, his behavior was often overlooked as being, you know, nothing more than just being strange or not a threat because of, uh, you know, his quiet personality and, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it because he wasn't physically imposing. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, people looked at Ted Bundy and he had this charisma and charm. He was very educated and good-looking. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Charles Manson, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's kind of crazy when you think about that, how people can just kind of fall through the cracks. And you know it happens every day. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer is just one in a whatever of people that, you know, looking back after, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020 where people are like, oh, okay, that makes sense now, or oh, I guess we could, you know, there was all foreshadowing, writing on the wall, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, and like I said, I could give you the rest of the story, but uh, I'll leave that for you guys to kind of see in your series if you watch it, if not, there's a hundred like documentaries on them, whether it's on like the ID channel or Hulu or Prime or YouTube, whatever, you'll He's not hard to find stories on. You can actually see, like, the live interviews with him. Um, You know, and I'll say this, like, the televised interviews with him, like the, you know, news people and stuff did at the time. Not very interesting at all. Like, it was just like, you know, you you listen to, like, some of the Bundy interviews, and, and Bundy would go on and on and tell these tales. Charles Manson was full of energy and just, I mean, it was all nonsense, you know, but he he never met an interview he didn't love. But Dahmer, just kind of, short answer, oh, I was curious, you know, he didn't want to live, he wanted to die. I think his compulsion kind of controlled him and ruled him. And, uh, you know, he you get so far down the road, you know, even he had wanted to be executed, but I don't believe... You know, Wisconsin, I don't know if Wisconsin's ever had capital punishment. Maybe way back in the day they did, but not when he was sentenced. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, if you watch some of the interviews with him, you're not going to be entertained. I mean, I, I guess that's a poor choice of words. But he, like I said, he's himself is not interesting. His story is interesting. <clears throat> you know, and it's crazy, like, when you think about it, like, that we have these odd fascinations with uh, stories like Dahmer, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, and sometimes this gets lost, and I think the show kind of started to show this, you know, like I said, I haven't finished it, that uh, the pain, at, you know, the, the, that the family suffered and victims, obviously, is unimaginable you know, and at the hands of somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer, who, who's just broken. Um, you know, and I don't think sometimes a lot of the things I watch, I don't think they try to romanticize it. Um, you know, the crimes or the criminals, um, they just kind of offer us at times a, a look, be peek behind the curtain, a look at things that, um, uh, maybe we otherwise wouldn't get. Um, you know, sometimes, some people don't have the urge to see it. Some people do. Uh, me, I'm weird. I do. It's kind of like, you know, the freak show at the circus. Um, you know, you think about it. We see the sun. We see trees. We see normal things, you know, laughing kids, dogs in the park. We see that stuff all every day. <clears throat> I mean, more and more, I, I would say over the last 30 years or so, you do see more Violent and negative images on TV just because of the 24-hour news cycle. But, you know, there was a time, you know, even when this all broke in 1991, where that wasn't like... You know, those news cycle things, 24-hour... were just kind of coming into their own and starting to become a thing. And, you know, this was... These heinous acts were, like, unheard of. You know, you're talking... And honestly, I don't think there's been anything like it since. You know, it's crazy now when I look back and realize, wow, 1991. You know, that's, it was over 30 years ago that he was caught and whatever and all that went down. But, um, yeah, like I said, check it out. Um, You know, and I'm not trying to excuse or portray anything he did, you know. I don't want him anyone to think I don't. He's a monster. Ultimately, uh, like I said, I just found it interesting, and um, you know, but it's crazy when you look at like the way he fell through the cracks. That maybe you know, there's times in our lives where we may need people in our lives to to help us or see that we need help. um, You know that we don't ask for, or people don't ask for. Um, And I'm not, I guess I'm not blaming anyone either. It's just like, you wonder had things could have been different, you know, um, if that makes sense, right? Um, Maybe I'm just going to stop before people think I'm coming off as a Jeffrey Dahmer apologist, which I'm not. (sighs) But anyways, um, yeah, I just went on for 32 minutes about murder. It's pretty interesting. Thanks for joining us for this uplifting program. So, since we're talking about monsters, just kidding, well, sort of, it's a perfect segue into some comments made by um, this Democrat clown, Stacey Abrams, who is running for governor in Georgia again. Um, She lost the election last time, and then, you know, she cited the results were incorrect, and that Georgia voting laws are discriminating against minority, and there is all this stuff with Georgia changing laws. And, it's that, and remember, they moved the baseball all-star game out of there and uh, everything else and everyone from Coca-Cola to, I don't know, every celebrity liberal pissed and moaned about uh, the voting laws in Georgia. Uh, but this is insane. In a televised interview, Abrams said the reason for higher gas and inflation and the rising cost of living is due to people having children, and that abortion is a way to solve it. So, I know that sounds insane, and I didn't want to just tell you something. I I want you to actually hear it. So, uh, I think I've got this queued up right. So, here here you go. Here's what she said. But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. It, to me that's that's lunacy. I think it's insulting to people. So <clears throat> she's ultimately Overlooking the fact that uh, it wasn't free money that was sent out over the course of the last two to three years and then printing more of it to send to a pretend conflict in Ukraine, shutting down businesses, canceling oil leases, stopping the pipelines that increased the cost of everything globally along the economic spectrum. It's all these damn babies you guys are having. You know, it's like cow farts in the ozone layer. Like fuck who knew who knew that babies were fucking everything up you know here's you know people that just had children they thought oh this is just the reason i look like a train wrecker i'm not getting sleep at night no turns out this is the reason my gas costs more and why the price of eggs has gone up 300% in 3 3 years even though my baby's only been around for a couple weeks damn it it's part of the problem you know and it At this point, like, if you're a Democrat, you're either just beyond help, and you should honestly be considered mentally ill, you know, and maybe done away with because you're a fucking idiot, period. Like, I don't want to be harsh, I don't want to be mean, but like, you know, if it walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, smells like a duck, it's a duck. You know, and you're 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 not trying to live in reality, and ultimately you're kind of hopeless, you know. And Stacey Abrams is just one of lunatic uh, Democrats that are out there running for office. You know, what would he vote here in like twenty days or something like that? I don't know. What the, I apologize. I don't know what the date is. Um, the next crazy ass person is um. I don't know if you've heard of John Fetterman. He is uh, running for Senate in Pennsylvania against television Dr. Oz. Um, and I don't know how many of you are aware of the latest charade that you could either say the laughter science is selling. But, but listen to this. So Fetterman had a stroke. And he wasn't really all together before his stroke. But nonetheless, you know, it has greatly impacted his cognitive ability which being a Democrat was probably already low to start with, let's be real. Um, So now he has this computer and program, wink, wink, um, that allows the computer to take the words said to him and translate it into a language or manner in which he understands it. It allows him to conduct interviews, and I'm not fucking with you. This is seriously legit. I watched uh, an interview, and I believe it was 60 Minutes. It's on YouTube. You can find it, You can probably find it on Facebook. Um, it was a complete train wreck. Like, look, having a stroke is terrible. Like, I, I, I get that, and I'm not making light of stroke victims or having a stroke, and I feel for you. But someone in that capacity does not need to be anywhere near the Senate. We have enough mentally deficient people in government. We don't need more. Um, but, you know, apparently we're in this, this, this age of the idiot. I mean, our president's a borderline vegetable. Um, we have people like Bernie, AOC, Chuck Schumer, and now possibly this Fetterman guy, or even Mandela Barnes here from Wisconsin. Um, you know, it's like, what a better time to be stupid and involved in politics, right? It's it's like this new thing, like, hey, let's roll with stupidity, you know? And, and I think COVID and everything everyone went along with opened the door for that. So if you wore masks, still wear masks, wore masks outside, believed in made-up science and getting vaccinated for something that you were going to be fine for anyways and you know that they want to push on your kids now which your kids never needed the vaccine no one under 65 ever did but the vaccine doesn't do anything so it's not a vaccine anyways then you know this is your fault because you kind of gave them this insight that hey man look at all the stupid people out there we don't need smart people let's let's Put stupid people out there. Apparently they're more relatable to all the idiots that'll believe anything we tell them. And I'm just being honest. I mean, you know, work in retail. Work anywhere where you deal with the general public. And you've known for years that the population is just completely stupid and doomed. But, um, yeah, but the, the notion that they have this, and I'm not talking like, that computer program like Stephen Hawking used, where, you know, he used his mouth to... De- 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 de. We're talking this thing... Like, literally, someone's in this guy's ear telling him what to say. It's not a program. It's it's a programmed person. You know, just another Manchurian candidate. But... um <clears throat> So, anyways. Wow, this is quite the episode tonight. It was pointed out to me... Uh, <laughs> we're totally changing gears now. This is this this is the ride home. We're in the last inning. It's been smooth sailing. We're gonna we're gonna take it home. Just heard a dog bark outside. But uh, I almost did this. I was gonna go sit on my deck and do this, but I thought it might be weird if one of my neighbors is out and they're like, "Who the fuck is that guy talking to?" But um, so sometimes I slack on the musical references on the shows, um, which I guess I didn't think people noticed. I didn't think people cared. Honestly, um, sometimes I tell you more for to share something I'm enthusiastic about than thinking it's something you even care about. But so I thought I would wrap up with some musical stuff. Um, last week's episode was brought to you by the music of, a, uh, I guess, country artist, hip hop rapper, Southern rocker, jelly roll. Um, my wife actually introduced me to his music and, um, uh, If you haven't listened to it, you you really should. It's great. Um, You there's a lot not often a lot of new stuff that I like. Um, I'm pretty set in my ways. I like what I like, and that's what I like, you know. But this guy is he's the real thing. Um, His songwriting, you know, hits you in the feels, uh, and you feel it when he sings. Um, I love artists that are real, you know, guys that and he really brings it. Um, he like I say, he's like a hybrid between like rock, rap, country. Uh, I almost think of him as a deeper, more soulful, uh, better singing Kid Rock. Uh, you almost you almost have to hear it to get what I'm saying. I'll never describe it right, but um, track for track, the guy is amazing. Definitely worth worth your time to listen to. He's on Apple Music. Uh, You know, maybe I'm late to the party and you guys already know this and you're laughing at me like, I've been listening to that guy for years. But um, anyways, but yeah, definitely listen to some Jelly Roll. Um, Tonight's episode uh, is actually brought to you by a band that kind of, you know, and I talk about this often. Like I forget about a band and I hear a song, you know, I hear a song in passing. It's never on the radio because I honestly don't listen to the radio at all. Uh, We listen to like Pandora or one of those, I don't know, AccuRadio or whatever at work, uh, in my car, honestly, I'm always just listening to the music on my phone, if I'm listening to the radio, it's because there's an issue with the Bluetooth or something, it's freaking out for a little bit, but, um, anyways, uh, the other day, I don't know, a while back at work, we were talking about bands from the 90s and stuff that we kind of forgot about, and, uh, this band, uh, came to mind, uh, the band is Live, um, the episode title this week is obviously the Dolphins Cry. Um, Dolphins Cry is probably my favorite song by them. They kind of burst into the scene in the 90s. Um, 1994 with the release of their album Throwing Copper. Um, you know, it had the songs I Alone, Lightning Crashes, Selling the Drama. Everyone's heard Lightning Crashes. Anyone who grew up in the 90s or was a ninety, 90s, you know Lightning Crashes. It's just a great jam. Um, they sold over like 20 million albums uh, very talented lead singer and Ed, uh, Kowalczyk kind of his voice kind of fell between like Scott Wyland, Eddie Vedder, uh, Chris, you know, he kind of gets lost in that mix with a lot of great singers in the, the nineties at that time. You know, I also think their lyrics, um, uh, there's a complexity to them that maybe limited their exposure and airplay, but uh, their songs are great. Um, I saw them many years ago in concert. I think it was at Vanderbilt or either 328 Performance Hall in Nashville. And they were so good. So good. Like, it was just like, bam. You know, it just, it sounded like it sounded on the CD back then. For those of you, that's a compact disc. It used to be this thing you'd play in your car or your little stereo at home and whatever. But, um, you know, they would continue to release albums through the 90s. I believe they're still making music today. I know Ed Kowalczyk had left the band for a while and then came back. Um, you know, and they kind of did that thing that a lot of the alternative grunge bands from that. You know, they kind of just do their thing now, and you know, they tour here and there, do big cities, and just kind of fade into the sunset. But um, definitely check out live; uh, they're amazing. Uh, download the album, Throwing Copper, um, Secret Samadhi. Uh, I can't for- I forget what the album was that The Dolphin's Cry was on. I think that's really the only song I liked on that album, but uh, that sticks out to me anyways. But, um, yeah, they're great. Um, you know, and and I think that's the cool thing about this music thing is I will never run out of episode titles because there's so much music out there and there's more music every day. It ultimately, I think just depends on my mood and what I'm listening to, or just as, like I said, I'm going down the road and a song comes up on the playlist that, uh, I haven't heard before. And I'm like, damn, or, you know, you hear it in a video or a TikTok, and you're like, oh man, I forgot about that song or this band or, you know, whatever. And it just kind of takes you back, you know, but, um, that's all I got this week, guys. Um, uh, Thank you for joining us on this journey tonight. Uh, Wow, look at me getting it in before right around midnight. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, We'll see you next week. Everybody have a great weekend.